Welcome to the Guide to Movies podcast with Joe and Sean. I am Joe. He is Sean. And it has been quite a long time, buddy. How are you? I've got so much pent-up energy, Joe. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I had that like amazing two-week vacation. Let's do this thing. <laughs> I'm sure it wasn't much of a vacation. Uh, no, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so happy that we're back. We have episode 68 in the pipeline tonight. Uh, and some good news to get. Well, not that's... Maybe not the right way to say it, but we have a good amount of news to get to uh, and really running the gamut today of the uh, the types of stuff that we're going to talk about. Of course, we're going to get to Dune uh, and we are going to probably disagree about a trailer that we just talked a little bit about offline. But hey, that's why people tune in. Um, anything else going on on your end? Uh, any big uh, steps last week in life? Uh um, it is uh, literally today, one month away from me getting married. So that's uh, that's something to uh, keep on the old uh, police blotter um, <laughs> of life, if you will. <laughs> Who are you getting married to? No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll be there. But uh, <laughs> uh, no, well, excited. that's exciting. One yeah. month. Wow. I know it's this is this is finally where it's it's amazing because I imagined myself getting more and more anxious as it got closer, but now it's just like okay, let's go, we got this now. <laughs> like, I was gonna say like knowing you and just how some things hit you when it's that close or whatnot, I'm really pleasantly surprised at how well you're handling it. I guess it's the excitement kicking in because of course it is an exciting time. It is exciting, and it is just like it's getting more and more real. And as I guess it gets more and more real, it gets less and less anxiety-inducing because it's just like okay, it's actually occurring. It is. It is here. It is a real thing. So no less, no reason to be anxious about it. Any of my friends that have gotten married, I've always said like day of, especially you can't do anything about it. So just yeah, enjoy <laughs> it. It is what it is. Have fun. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, we are not going to touch on DC fandom stuff because that seems like forever ago, but uh, that was a very uh, boring DC fandom. Um, oh, we got hate some to first, hear that. First, what's that? Hate to hear it. No. Well, you know, they kind of shied away from everything that people wanted to hear. So, uh, But we will talk about some DC stuff in a little bit because we definitely have some uh, casting news that we want to get to. But... Before we dive into the news of the week, let's dive into the exciting world of movie trailers. Let's <laughs> do it. Tell, Uncharted, baby. As you can tell, I am making sure that I am talking very slowly and keeping this going because I'm having trouble pulling it up. All right, here we go. <laughs> Perhaps. All right, there we go. Are right, ready? Set, Tom Holland, don't spoil this movie, go. There are places out there you can't find on any map. They're not gone. They're just lost. Hey kid, a little young for a bartender, aren't you? A little old for prom, aren't you? Everything in here. Why the map? This path of Ferdinand Magellan took to sail around the world. You know your history. It's the biggest treasure that's never been found. Five billion, easy. I think you're here because you're your brother. Well, you know my brother, Sam. You find that gold. Find him too. Who the hell is this? I'm a friend of Solly's. Sally doesn't have any friends. I should know I'm one of them. You're a collector. Well, I dabble. I don't dabble. My family has been looking for this project for a very long time. So much blood. I'm pretty sure he's just threatening to kill me. Don't touch your ear like that. You look like an idiot. You have no idea who you partnered with. I've been dreaming about this stuff since I was a kid. My brother's saying enough one final clue. Oh, 
Oh my God! Shoot me a come out to play with our big boys, we and because you're about to get a proper Scottish welcome. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh crap! <laughs> exclusively in movie theaters. I love that exclusively in movie theaters is a thing we have to say now, but it, but it was said in this like robot assertive voice. Like usually it's said like in this like only in theaters, but this was like exclusively <laughs> in, like, in sarcastic robot. <laughs> Sean, what is your problem with the joy of that movie? How it is a I, male Tomb Raider. <laughs> <laughs> it's it refreshing. It's refreshing to see the other way around this time, where it's like just have the male parts in the middle there, in the, in the lead yeah. there. Um, it, it really was. There was the one scene where it is in the weirdest dialogue of all time. Holland and Wahlberg trying to out macho each other, talking about historic treasures. Where it was just like it's the best treasure that's ever been found. And <laughs> it's just like both of them are kind of like just like you know you certainly know your history. And I was like just kiss. And I um. <laughs> I just wondered at that point, like it seemed like it was this very weird, like over macho national treasure kind of move that like, I will say got a little bit more tolerable as the trailer went on. Um, it, I, him going over the baggages as they're going out the airport. I have never played this video game. I'm certain that's a video game level. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So like right off the bat, I was just like, okay, so they're doing that as well. They're throwing in the actual legit gameplay. I mean, I don't know. It's coming out in February, which is never a great, great sign. But it's not I, January. It's, it's not, not January. It is a little better than January. We have to remember that. A little better than January. Um, I mean, at that point, I'm gonna be so friggin' bored by it. I'll I'll definitely be seeing it while I'm like making Oscar picks. So um like I'll I'll be interested, but uh, it's it's going to be a little bit tough. Listen, I think that when it comes to the schedule of when movies are coming out, that we have to take some time to let it reset itself because I think COVID really kind of threw it in the air, right? So you know, with the whole January thing is like the graveyard for movies and Doomsday, all that. I don't know that we're there anymore because theater theaters are just trying to get back and trying to get these projects out. Uncharted is one that. Um, has been, what, oh my gosh, how long have they been making this movie? And it kept getting delayed like 17,000 times. So I feel like that's probably why they're just like, all right, we're ready to go. We need a good hit. We need to get some money. We've been wasting money on production here forever. Uh, <laughs> let's get going. So, And the other piece of this is capitalizing on Tom Holland and Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. So I think that's a big piece too that we... We don't always talk about, but we have in the past with certain things. So, and these are two people at the lead that you know we just they're, they're charismatic and we love them. I mean, you got Wahlberg, you got Holland. I mean, Holland especially is just uh, at this point uncorruptible, and so you have those two like just like solving for treasure. I mean, people are gonna just like draw comparisons to you know national treasure, even though it's not that because this is based on a video game, but still. It's something that, like, oh, of course, like, I, I would love to see these two go find buried treasure and have people, you know, like, uh, have little obstacles along the way. Like, it, and I think that would, it's going to do, like, pretty solid at the box office because of that, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be a solid video game adaptation. It sounds like they went to some great pains aside from, I think, Tom Holland's age to really make sure that um, he, that they were staying true to what people expect from it. Um so I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it, it just looks like fun, right? I don't need every movie to be an Oscar contender. Um, like, <laughs> don't, don't worry about the, the age thing. They called him young. Like, it's fine. Like, if you call him young, <laughs> then it's cool. Don't worry about the age thing. It's good. Ben Platt would like a word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great if they were just like, you're awfully young looking to be a teenager. Like, when he's in the office. <laughs> oh, my God. I still can't believe that happened. What have we lived through? Oh. First the pandemic, then that. Um, so anyway, we are getting to that time where we're about to get some solid films coming out. And one of them came out this past week. That would be Dune. Um, I think we both are in agreement with our ratings, if I remember correctly. Um, we are. I, I saw this and kind of tried to keep it like I didn't talk to you about it. Um, I loved it. I thought every inch of that movie was delivering on the epic that we were promised. Um, I thought the acting was phenomenal. I'm going to ask you in a second who your standout is. Um, 
but I have a standout. Uh, <laughs> and one of the things I really loved was this definitely is a cinematic adventure in that you need to see it in the, in the theater. Uh, the sound, the I think the the graphics, the visuals, um, the the visuals were flawless. Oh my god, and they were good. It's incredible. I mean, it's probably one of the best sci-fi films in recent memory, if not the best. Um, but I, you know, it was well worth the wait. I really enjoyed everything from top to bottom. Didn't think there was a flawed performance. I get where people are coming from that it's part one and it's a lot of exposition and blah 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 blah. But I was all about it. I mean, yeah, just to like, you know, my one issue, which was hardly an issue because I really did still love this, but um, it's my issue with all Denis Villeneuve films is that they are masterworks of visual artistry. They're some of the greatest things you'll like just ever see, not on film, just they're the greatest things you'll ever see. And also they're just always a bit too long where that guy could just like cut some shears to every film. Um, I don't know what you'd cut out of Dune. I honestly don't. I think it was really great. So, you know, I'm, I'm giving the uh, opposite of constructive criticism at the moment. <laughs> um, but uh, to, to really sort of say, um, you know, this is going to like be really, really um, uh, over the top uh, praise right now. But this is sort of like this kind of movie is why you make movies. And why I, what I mean by that is that every single inch of this is beautiful. Every single inch works. Um, if you want to say like, yeah, let's talk about like how the first half is exposition. We have a story. There is still a solid story here. There is still a solid story with human conflict among characters. And it is hidden among amongst these visuals that are just absolutely gorgeous uh, effects that just completely run true. Like, you know, we can, we can talk about practical effects if we want to mm -hmm. and how Nolan like flips cars over and stuff like that. He, he's got nothing on Villeneuve who just like really like makes new different types of like helicopters that are, you know, grasshopper <laughs> helicopters and just makes them and like makes something new there. Um, yeah. And by the way, Nolan did give a lot of praise to Dune, which I thought was a very cool move because those two are like game recognized game all over the place. <laughs> um, but it is great to see someone like uh, Denis, who is just like full blown artist, but able to reach the masses. And that's what he's able to do with Dune is like, this is artistry. I mean, you see like, the shot of the uh, soldiers parachuting down onto a planet whose name I can't remember, but it was just like the, through the sunlight and everything was just yeah. unbelievable. It was there's, incredible. There's one moment where like, and it's, it's in one of the moments where the sunshine is out there where of course I had to pee because it was two and a half hours long. And when I come back, I can see all of my friends' faces because it is so freaking bright yeah. <laughs> throughout the whole movie <laughs> that you can see everything that's in the theater. And that's just, that's not something you really get on these like darkened sci fi movies. Oh, I could go forever on this movie. I'm trying to think what movie it was I saw recently that did that, not to get off track, but it would be like a dark scene and then it would hit like sunlight right away. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> killing me like a vampire i really remember um, it happened in uh revenge of the sith um yeah. where it would be like the dark space and then all of a sudden they're on the like the interior white ship and like literally i'm just like ah, retinas <laughs> <laughs> i think it was eternals the other night but it may have been jockey yesterday now that i think about it jockey um, goes bright sometimes i thought jockey was just clifton collins covered in mud the whole time uh, it's got some moments, <laughs> um, not, not many exciting moments, but that's a whole nother, whole nother podcast. We, we can go chat about that. Yeah. I remember that from Sundance. <laughs> uh, yeah. You saw it at Sundance, right? Mm -hmm. Can yeah. we take a quick sidebar? What did you think of it? I think Clifton Collins Jr. is a great actor. Let's leave it there. Uh, thank you. I agree <laughs> with you. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, um, uh, but yeah, so back to Dune, I, who would be your standout in this movie? Like I, oh, I maybe I don't want to say standout, but I was surprised by a performance and by liking this performance so much. Okay, so this is different for me because I was not surprised that I liked this performance this much. I knew this was going to probably be my favorite performance. And saying that, I think you know exactly who I'm going to be picking. And Or it's still a surprise that I'm picking this. Um, I thought Jason Momoa was spectacular. Like, he was such a He was so damn good. He comes in there with like everybody else is, and this is fine because this is what their characters demand. Everyone else is so damn serious the whole time. And this is our, you know, Han Solo kind of guy where he is uh, like, you know, he's fighting and he's one of the, the punk soldiers and everything. He then be, he, he assimilates with the culture um, in the desert. And he kind of like is someone who's sort of the bridge to both sides <laughs> and ends up having, I'm going to, I'm not going to say anything, but like has sort of this heroic journey throughout the rest of the film. And 
My God. It, it, and like just the whole time you're just you're you're magnetized to him. Like truly magnetized. Oh my God. It was unbelievable. <laughs> Anytime he would his character would joke around with Timothy Timothy Chalamet's character, I was like, they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> he said he had muscles and he didn't have muscles. Yeah. <laughs> the dumbest writing of all time, Momoa sells it. <laughs> and it worked. And it it worked. worked so well. Um, I love the entire cast. I thought Stellan Skarsgård did a great job. At first, I completely forgot he was in there. And then I was like, oh, yeah, that's Stellan Skarsgård. <laughs> um, Oscar Isaac was incredible in mm-hmm. this. I just absolutely loved him. That beard was solid, although it's not his real beard all the way through because he had to put a fake one on for reshoots. He said that on one of the talk shows the other night. And I saw a preview later on, uh, like a commercial or something for Dune. And I was like, oh, it's clearly there. Um, I now have well, to talk to the creators of scenes from a marriage because that better be the real beard in that one. Because, like, <laughs> for the love of God, that man better have something that resembles that epic of a beard. Uh, and then Rebecca Ferguson. I mean, she mm-hmm. was phenomenal as well. And of course, we're going to see more of her. Um, Zendaya, of course, grizzled. Wait, did you see? The Wait, post? was she getting it? Because I blinked. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, yeah. T- total setup for the next movie. But yeah. did you did you see that? I've also had dreams of Zendaya. You're not special. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Um, um, I want to talk about uh, Isaac for a second, just because I really love the dynamic between uh, Isaac and uh, Chalamet, where this is more in the writing, I think, but it's also sold in the performances where, you know, Chalamet's like, I-, I don't know if I want to be the ruler. I don't know if I want to rule. And Isaac's like, yeah, cool. Don't worry about it. Like, it was just kind of this, like, you know, this sort and they said it in much fancier, uh, like, phrasing, but um, it was, like, sort of that conflict that we see in every damn movie about royalty is not shown here and it's more of just like he wants like instead of like you know i'm not i don't want to push my kid into royalty i don't want to like i don't want him to want royalty because that makes him a sociopath so i just want like him to like it to be given to him at the time that he expects it like it was a really like cool way to like get you know because i always see that with leadership and different aspects but it was like it was like fun to not have that kind of conflict involved yeah, it's true. It's it's kind of something I think you build yourself up to expect. And when it's not there, it's kind of a refreshing uh, refreshing direction for a film to take. Um, we should mention that part two has been greenlit as of yesterday. So that's big surprise there. Have they, have they ever made it more obvious that they're waiting on the success of part one? <laughs> like they're well, just but, like... I mean, but I mean, also, like, they, they put Dune part one in the title card. Yep. Of the movie, so when I saw that, I was like, "We're definitely getting a sequel." Like they, I bet they were like holding on to that Dune Part One piece until they got like early reactions. Then we're like, allegedly, it wasn't in TIFF. Like TIFF just had Dune in there, so they put it in as Dune Part One. I think once the once the masses started to see it, and so that that was a lot of sense. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I look at that. Uh, I had a few different uh, crazy theories about how Doom Part Two could, wasn't happening yet. Um, but uh, like my my largest one here was, um, yeah, I was just sort of uh, annoyed by it because it's like if you're putting all of the stock into Dune Part One, if you're putting all this money, everything into it, then have everything lined up because there's so many crew members involved in this that yep. it kind of put their lives on hold. Granted, they all sort of had faith in a Dune Part Two happening, but did sort of put their lives on hold for this. And, you know, granted, like, the cast, like, this isn't really too much of a spoiler, but a lot of the cast ain't coming back. So, you know, you're, you're, those people can be wrangled up. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it is it is, it is uh, tricky in uh, that regard. Um, I have my bit, my huge theory before they confirmed it was that they were not going to confirm part two until after the Oscars so that Denis Villeneuve would win an Oscar for Dune part one. <laughs> And I, of you know, what? You would take that approach. <laughs> it, it, I think it would have worked. I think it would have worked. <laughs> it would have been. Thought, I have two thoughts on that. One is that um, you're dealing with Warner Brothers here, so logic goes <laughs> out the window right away. Um, but number two is that um, I wonder with films like this, where it's you know like 75, 25 that you're going to do a follow up, maybe even more, eight, 85, 15 that you're going to do a follow up. Um, or continue the story if they have them locked down for a period of time where they say like we'll make a decision within x amount of days of the release once we get figures back uh and if so this is the time frame we're looking at filming you know what i mean because you're right like you got to lock down a lot of people um and just knowing and certain movies i've seen recently um one of my reactions was oh this person isn't in the movie anymore so that opens them up for future you know like this series or that series and 
um, I think it's that business behind it. I'm really fascinated about. So I wonder if, uh, or fascinated with, I should say. So I wonder if that was something they did because of course, I mean, that movie leaves you wanting more. It, oh, yeah. it ends really well. I think, I think it was a very natural end. Um, and I just, I can't wait. And we're getting it in October of 2023, which is not that far away. That's actually not bad at all. Yeah. So no. I think, you know, they'll have like most of the stuff set up and I think they, yeah. they, they probably had like every, all the outline storyboarded there. There's probably so much they really did have prepared that they just yeah. like, they were just waiting for that one little go. And uh, I mean, I don't know how movies are usually greenlit, but <laughs> something like this, yeah. I assume. I mean, if Warner Brothers and Legendary can do it with this, then Warner Brothers could do it with Zack Snyder's Justice League Part 2. But we're going to move on now and take a break. (laughs) Hey, everyone. It's Sean from Math Teacher Movies, and I'm here to talk about my weekly column at GuyAtTheMovies.com, Awards Watch with Math Teacher Movies. Each week, I go deep into a topic about the Oscars or Emmys, whether it be from the past, present, or future. Read these columns every Monday on GuyAtTheMovies.com to know way too much about awards. The following column has not yet won any awards, nor will it help you win any awards, but this has not stopped it from still being a totally awesome column. And we're back. All right. Let's dive into the news for this week. And we unfortunately have to start on sort of a solemn note. Uh, There was a really um, tragic story that came out of this past weekend. Basically, the long and the short of it is that on the set of the film Rust in New Mexico, Alec Baldwin was using a prop gun uh, to... um, shoot towards a camera is what I, what I've been able to understand from mm-hmm. it. So sort of the cinematographer was filming uh, the cinematographer's name was Helena Hutchins and she sadly passed away um, when a bullet exited the, uh, the gun, the um, bullet went through Hutchins and hit the director of the mm-hmm. film, Souza, which is absolutely terrible. Um, there's a lot of discourse that's happening around this whole incident right now. Of course, unfortunately, a promising cinematographer who was only 42 years old uh, is dead. Um, Alec Baldwin and now the assistant director and the armorer uh, are the ones that are really being investigated. I think more so the latter two there. So an armorer on a set is responsible for any of the weaponry um, and is responsible with inspecting to make sure it's okay. Um, Typically, my understanding is that the armorer is the one that would hand the weapon to the the actor right before they're about to film. Uh, What happened here was the assistant director handed over the prop gun, yelled cold gun, which would mean... Uh, that it was, it had blanks or, you know, it didn't have live ammo in it. And unfortunately it did. So this is, I mean, it's crazy to think that these things happen. Of course, this brings back uh, memories of the accident um, and tragic accident of the crow back in, I think it was 1993 um, where something very similar happened and we lost a life. So um, it's a reminder that the people that are making these films are really, um, in it and there are accidents that happen and uh hopefully if anything good can come out of this hopefully we can learn what can be done better in the future um and hopefully helena's life won't be uh forgotten because of that she was a very promising uh cinematographer so sean what were your thoughts when you heard this story I mean, it was uh devastating when I heard it and I had to hear it from just several uh different uh different sources uh, because you know sometimes the uh, article titles were very misleading because it was just like someone would say just like alec baldwin shoots someone on set and i think that's kind of horrible like you 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 need to like you know include you know the accidental part of filming part of shooting that kind of stuff it's like it needs to be a part of it um this entire thing is uh just the and this horrible horrible tragic accident um and it's uh, a situation that um, you know could have been preventable if uh, IATSE workers were given more rights. 
um, because this was often some of the issues that we had. I've talked about this before. Um, some of them uh, walked off the set before this situation happened, um, and that led to uh, some problems. Um, but even then, uh, some of them uh, like uh, that were there were exhausted or, you know, worked 15 hour days every single day. And so you cannot like have, you cannot do a good job. Uh, especially like when you're working with a gun. Um, the other part of this I look at is, uh, Brendan Lee from the crow in 1993, who was uh, killed with live ammo. And, uh, you know, there it's, it's just baffling to me that, you know, in this sort of situation, they're still using some form of a live ammo. I know it's sort of like in this situation where it's blocked and, you know, the, the, it is entirely safe if it is checked properly. Um, it's there, uh, like, but it's difficult to, you know, I, I just think like having that anywhere near a set is uh, a problem for me. Um, the true issue I have with this is um, there are, there are people at fault that it, it was an accident for those people and they feel horrible. Um, most likely what happens out of this, um, I don't think criminal charges happen to this. I think there will be a, uh, there will be a suit. Um, it'll be settled. That's exactly what happened with uh, the crow. Um, but I do think, um, and Baldwin has like felt horrible about this entire thing and has done everything he can. Um, but Baldwin is the uh, person who's almost least at fault. Um, he, uh, as an actor on set, when they're doing all of these things with Viet, you are useless as an actor. Your job is to literally perform. People said he should have felt the gun was heavier. He should have checked it one more time. He should not have done any of that. If he did right. any of that, that's actually more unsafe. Like as an actor, I don't care what you know about guns. You don't do anything and you literally are just like there to perform. And that is it. So, I mean, with all of that in mind, um, yeah, I, I don't know what's going to be happening in the next coming weeks with this, but uh, it's going to be uh, some painful, uh, more painful stories involved. Yeah, it's really terrible. I, I think what I am um, expecting on, in terms of the legal side of things is there's going to be civil lawsuits up and down the block. I mean, um, I think all three of the individuals mentioned, including Alec Baldwin, are are going to be liable uh, civilly and will probably have to pay uh, handsomely in depending on what charges are, or what suits are filed and what's alleged. I think also the... Um, the producers on the film as well as the studio behind it are probably going to have some liability there, but I don't believe that we are completely out of the woods when it comes to criminal uh, culpability. I think that there, I mean, negligence is something that we deal with in the law and there is involuntary manslaughter. I think in the, in New Mexico, I think it's called a uh, fourth degree. It's a fourth degree felony. Um, so you're looking at negligence and, you know, did the person's actions um, or wanton actions cause the uh, the the death? And there's going to be something there's there's a case that I think can be made there. And it's going to depend on whether the D.A. wants to go that far and do that. Um, there is there are questions around the A.D. and the armor. So once those questions get answered as to the chain of custody, um, who did what, who didn't do what, I think there's going to be potentially some challenging decisions to be made there on a legal front. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Um, not something we love to talk about, but I think it is important because we always talk about the positives and everything with film that we love, but we have to realize that these are people too. Um, and that there are uh, unfortunate accidents that happen. So um, there are lives that are involved. And when an accident happens that takes a life, we need to recognize that life. And uh, from all accounts, she was, uh, she was really paving the way as a young cinematographer. So, and you know, I mean, part of it is a female uh, crew member, which yep. it's just something you, we don't get a lot. I mean, you know, the people are using inclusion writers more often and um, it's just so difficult to uh, have uh, people behind the camera um, also be uh, females. And so it's just a shame when uh, you lose someone so talented. Yeah, absolutely. is. All right. Well, let's take a break and we'll come back and we will dive into the news. And we're back. All right, so let's get to some of the news we found out this week. First and foremost, this one kind of got me going, ooh. Um, Hayden Christensen <laughs> is reprising his role as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader slash uh, the child killer um, in the Ahsoka series coming up. The connection there, of course, is that uh, Ahsoka was Anakin Skywalker's uh, Padawan 
which is an apprentice for those of you that don't know. Um, I think this is cool. I'm like, bring them back. Let's do it. Everyone else is coming back. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. Mainly because I'm all for whatever is going to be happening in the Ahsoka series. Cause the Ahsoka series is going to be dope. But I think my one issue here is Did you say it's going to be dope. Yeah. So it's going to be dope. dope. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I have definitely said dope before. I don't I've, think I've heard it. I am. I am certain I have said dope. Um, but anyway, um, I think the uh, Ahsoka series is going to be marvelous, and um, I love. <laughs> there it is. Uh, <laughs> um, I I feel weird about the timeline and hating Christ- Christensen being there because if he's just as Darth Vader, I mean, we still got James Earl Jones and having like the weird hating Christensen Darth Vader voice. I don't think it's a like there kind of thing, but um. So if he's just Darth Vader, that seems strange. If it's flashbacks, that would be cool. I'll take That's that. That's what I think I'll, it is. That, that really needs to be it. Or he's just taking off the suit and he's just like all burned up and he's just like, hey, what's happening? Like that kind of deal. Because what was the other one where Hayden Christensen said he's going to be on the series? I believe it's Obi-Wan, correct? Oh, is he? I I remember hearing that a while back. Who knows if that's been backtracked or not. But uh, Well, I think they take place around the same time, so that would make sense. Yeah, so he's he's jumping between one desert mountain and the other desert mountain. <laughs> They're just oh, this is a giant crossover. <laughs> we are really in the time of deserts right now. You know what? Man, deserts oh, are having a moment. <laughs> they're having a moment there. We didn't no, talk I'm about excited. sandworms during Doom. The sandworms were awesome. Okay, back they to Katie uh, Christensen. <laughs> the sandworms were awesome, as was or as were the behind the scenes looks at them running from the sandworms, <laughs> and it's just a car with a camera. <laughs> I love that stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Ahsoka is, of course, one of the uh, projects is in the pipeline for Lucasfilm with Disney+. Plus. Uh, we are getting uh, Boba Fett at the end of this year, right? And then Mandalorian is jumping into production now or is in production now. Uh, Obi-Wan has wrapped, so that will probably be early next year at some point. Wow, we are eating good if you're a Star Wars fan. That is pretty good because I was because there hasn't been anything since Bad Batch and that was animated. So if some people don't even acknowledge that, but um, boy, yeah, because after that it was Mandalorian and then Book of Boba Fett. Like it was like it was like greenlit the day that Mandalorian ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So hey, um, we are in the time of reboots, remakes, revisits, uh, recast, not recasting, I guess, return casting. Um, so let, let's see what happens there. In other dope news, we got some news about the Barbie movie. <laughs> I don't like that that's going to be a thing now because I definitely have said dope before. <laughs> you have never said that in front of me before because I would have called it out. That's true. Uh, <laughs> that's true. Uh, Ryan Gosling has been cast in the Barbie movie. He will be playing Ken. I kind of love this because it's Greta Gerwig doing this. So you know that it's not just a like, hee hee, hiya Barbie, hiya Ken movie. Um, you're definitely getting like some deeper story here apparently they had originally the filmmakers had originally approached approached ryan gosling but he had declined due to scheduling conflicts but since the film has been in delay uh and production hell uh he they reapproached them and he (laughs) He wants to jump right in (laughs) (laughs) so uh it is margot robbie as barbie ryan gosling as ken uh greta gerwig directing from a script she wrote with noah bombach (laughs) Ryan Gosling, uh, famously, this is not the first plastic girl uh, that uh, he's dated in a movie. Oh my God. It was Lars, uh, Lars and, the... and the Real Girl, <laughs> which is a beautiful movie. And everyone should see it. It is a wonderful movie. I was so surprised. But uh, do you think he's going to be going like this the whole time? <laughs> see, I don't. I, I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know if they're live action or they're toys. Um, I. I will say that I thought Ken was supposed to be more of an airhead, and I feel like Ryan Gosling doesn't have enough of that. Um, well, maybe he's misunderstood. Well, Ryan Gosling has maybe too much thought packaging. in his eyes. Like, you, try to put, you try to put a toy in a packaging that does not represent who they truly are, and he's misunderstood. So he's going to show us through this film, through the voices of Greta Gerwig and Noah Baumbach. This is like that... Shia LaBeouf's way of getting Ken. <laughs> Just like, just weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I hey, I'm interested in it. If they don't have Barbie Girl in the movie, it's going to be tragedy. I've said that they're before. definitely not going to have Barbie Girl in the movie. I know, and I hate it. <laughs> you um, need to prepare yourself now. 
Uh, in other Ryan Gosling news, real quick, just throwing this in, his Wolfman movie has found the director. Uh, he is reteaming with Derek Cianfrance from Blue Valentine. Um, and, oh my gosh, what's, what's the other one? Uh, Blue Valentine? The guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, this is a different take, and there's a director that dropped out, so Ryan Gosling approached Derek. and Derek, we're, we're on first-name basis. Pretty dope. Um, and we talked, uh, we talked, Ryan talked about, uh, man, Jesus. I'm like hitting all the first things. <laughs> goes Reset. goes Reset. to the film festival. All of a sudden he's a hot shot. <laughs> I wish. Um, that's why I'm leaving early tonight to make sure I'm in line to get in. Um, so Ryan Gosling, uh, of course, is starring in this film. And apparently he went to talk to Derek Cian France to say, uh, like, here's the idea for it. It's not a straight up remake. This is what we want to do with it. And he was interested enough to be on. Uh, or jump on board. So, hey, cool. I would love to see like the because the um, I've been going through all the original uh, Universal monster movies, and you know the Wolfman does have this crime thriller element to it, and it has like this like way of like uh, talking about uh, you know uh, macho mental illness type of like how to handle the toxic masculinity and mental illness sort of deal. Um, I don't think they were going for that in 1934, but that's how I watched it, and <laughs> so. Um, it's tricky, but I think it would be a cool. I, I want to see a modern day update that is not Benicio del Toro's. <laughs> Very important, not Benicio del Toro's. Um, I know that you put a note in here. You wanted to touch on the fact that Britney Spears' fiance is going to be in a new movie with uh, Mel Gibson. Okay, so that is just like when you said that, I was just like, I too enjoy Mad Libs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was not like. Absolutely. It was reported on Deadline. <laughs> really? Just so you know. I think I'm done with Deadline now. I think I'm done with Deadline. you got to be kidding me. Well, Reporting. you know who I'm done with? Uh, and okay. this is not Do true it. because I still enjoy your movies and want to keep seeing them. So please keep uh, giving me screeners and screenings of them. But uh, Warner Brothers canceled the Trench spinoff uh, from Aquaman director James Wan. Uh, and in a recent post, he said that the... Trench movie was actually secretly going to be a black man, a solo film starring Yahya Abdul-Mateen the third or the second. I would love to see that because I, number one, love Yahya. And number two, I loved, loved, loved Black Manta in that. But I think coming out of the first Aquaman, what, um, what Yahya had said or what he's been saying recently about the approach to the new one, the new Aquaman, is that they wanted to flesh out the character a little bit more and give him a little bit more to do. So I feel like we would have really been able to dive deep into sort of what he's been up to. And I wonder if they just sort of cut that short and threw it into Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, which is coming on December 16th, 2022. I think the good news about this, well, there's there's no good news because this does flat out suck to hear. Like, but the the only like good news I could think to draw from this is that I think a lot of Manta's stuff is coming into um the uh would you call it into Aquaman two, Like, and I think that that story is being like, you know, when, when the trench got pulled or nixed or whatever we'd call it. Um, I think Juan said, all right, so now I got to bring Manta two somehow into Aquaman two, or uh, I have to bring Manta somehow into Aquaman two. And I'm hoping yeah, that's the I, case. Yeah. I, I think that's right. I think we probably were going to get some sort of, um, impact from him no matter what in this movie uh, just the way they let off the last one or let the last one go with the after credit scene um, but hey I, what I just wish that sucks that really yeah. sucks it, it, it is and also like how do you not make this like you got Yaya Abdul-Mateen who is in the lead role of everything now just 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 announced he's in everything he's on the marquee for everything all right. He's like, he's doing a Chalamet. All right. And it's like iconic characters he's playing. He's got eyes everywhere. This is a no brainer that you put this guy in. It's a, in his own movie on a property that people love. Like, come on, bring it all together. Let's go make some money, baby. I wonder if it was a cost thing. Because oh, if you're putting him in the lead, then that's, of course, going to change his contract and blah, 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 blah. But, oh, that's just, uh, that feels gross. But you're I right. Hate, I hate it. I hate it all. Um, you know what doesn't feel gross is that we are seeing Brendan Fraser, the second coming of Brendan Fraser. Um, he, of course, will be starring in Darren Aronofsky's The Whale and then Martin Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. 
But what we have recently found out, as of a couple days ago, is he is going to be the villain in the upcoming HBO Max Batgirl movie starring in the Heights, Leslie Grace. He will play the character of Firefly, who, if I remember correctly, Firefly is a special effects dude who falls on hard times and turns to crime, as we all do. Um, it's going straight to HBO Max, like I said. I, I kind of like this casting. I mean, he's no stranger to DC. He's still on Doom Patrol. Uh, so is he really in Doom Patrol? I, I don't watch Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Yeah, I mean, I've meant to watch Doom Patrol, but I didn't know he was in that. What's fun? Yeah, um, cool casting. I mean, it's it's just nice to see a guy like that get his due and continue to be given different roles. I mean, when you look at the whale, you look at I think it's a minor role in Killers of the Flower Moon. But then you look right. at this, you look at Doom Control Patrol, not Control. There's just a lot of great stuff that he's doing. And he's already proven himself in no sudden move. I mean, I didn't love that movie because I don't I still don't know what it's about. But <laughs> like I think that he he was this kind of great role that was like in it for a little bit. And you know, that was sort of him bringing himself onto the camera again. And you know, he he brought like this like different energy than you saw from the Frasier past. Yeah, I think it is going to be really cool to see him in there. Um, I want to hit on two quick or three quick stories real quick. Um, one is that Zack Snyder has confirmed that the current title of the follow-up to Army of the Dead is Planet of the Dead. So do with do with that what you will. Um, the next are they going to all be in the planet then? Like, is that what that's going to be now? Like, the... uh, will it ever rain? Um, never, <laughs> never. Um, the other quick news bit here is that there was an untitled A Quiet Place spinoff movie that had been announced uh, with Jeff Nichols from Mud uh, attached to it, and he has departed. Um, so who knows what's going on? Um, but a lot of people have said, like, don't do a spinoff, just give us the third and then shut it down. But we also are yeah. getting a Quiet Place video game next year. So, so I think um, we're getting spinoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I am kind of into the video game, though. If There's a game called Dead by Daylight, and if they do it like that in a way, it could be a lot of fun. I'm not um, even kidding you. I don't know how video games work at all. But if video <laughs> games had little microphones that picked up sound and you had to stay quiet the entire time you're playing the video game, while in that living room, I mean, come on. That I think I'm selling million dollar ideas right here. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, okay, the other thing that we are, <laughs> I don't appreciate that shutdown. I thought it was pretty dope. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I was reading the article that I'm about to mention and I didn't even hear you said it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what uh, something about a video game or I mean, uh, uh, I'm saying that I don't know how video games work at all. So what I'm thinking is that this is so mean. <laughs> I'm thinking that you have little microphones in the controllers and if they like say something in the quiet place. Vi yeah. Now. Yeah. You almost choke on your salad. Now that's what I'm talking about. You get I'm me on board with that. I'm on board <laughs> with that. I like that. Um, last thing to touch on is Bill Murray apparently is going to be an Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. It's pronounced Bill Marr. <laughs> what? Oh, Bill Murray. I thought you said Bill Mary, and I was like, oh. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. What? What is it? Is that is that a Philadelphia thing? Murray? Murray. M-U-R-R-A-Y. How do you say yeah. that? Murray. Murray. Yeah. I think we're good. Yeah, we're the same. Same. You said um, Murray. I didn't say Maury. That's, Maury that's... Povich has been cast in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. He will be playing That would actually be just legitimate. So um, to, to react to the Bill Murray news. Wait, um, I didn't even give the full news yet. Oh, I thought you said he's, <laughs> he's questing Quantumania. Yeah, but I got to tell you how this came out. Oh, let's go. Um, he was speaking about it. He said, I recently made a Marvel movie. I probably can't tell you about it, but it doesn't matter. In any case, some people were quite surprised by why I decided on such a project of all things. But for me, it was very clear. I got to know the director and I really liked him a lot. He was funny, humble, everything you want from a director. And with the cheerleading story, Bring It On, Girls United film, he made, he made, a, film, sorry, he made a film years ago and I think is damn good. So I accepted, even though I'm not otherwise interested in these huge comic book adaptations. So... Of course, the director he's referencing is Peyton Reed, um, and that was uh, Peyton Reed's movie, <laughs> The Girls United. Um, bring it that's, on, Girls United. That's so brilliant. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> that's yeah. actually truly brilliant that he decided to go with. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's why we love Murray. That's like kind of like the classic Murrayism. That's like the taking the fry off the tray. No one's ever going to believe you. Like you know, kind of. Oh man, the absolute best stuff. It was um, very entertaining. So your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, it's just it does surprise me that he hasn't been in a Marvel movie yet. Like, how has he not been snatched up? Like all of it. Like when I found out about this news, I just said to myself, I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, no, he hasn't been in a Marvel movie yet. And this one seems like, you know, the perfect kind of one. And it seems like he's kind of the actor that doesn't really dig them. So, you know, cool. Right on. Whatever. Um, But like that, that is it's great news. It's fun news. I don't know how much of it he's in, but, you know, still great no matter what. Do you know who I was thinking recently? It's kind of crazy they haven't been in a Marvel movie. Is um, Molly Parker? She was in Jockey. That's the most mm-hmm. recent uh, for her in my eyes. But she's also in the Lost in Space series. She was in oh. um, House of Cards. Yeah, Jackie Sharp. Yep. Um, she was in Pieces of a Woman. She was in Words on a Bathroom Wall. Um, she just seems like she would be a pretty solid addition, especially given her uh, role in Lost in Space. I think she's really good in that. So. If they were going to do like an, uh, I won't say older because she's not necessarily older, but like Sue Storm, I could see her as that that type of role. Oh, that would be a cool. good, yeah. Sue Storm would be good with her. Yeah, it would yeah. be weird so that, if it's like all celebrities, but then Molly Parker and everyone's like, what? But that's what I would. Well, but Marvel doesn't always like to go big celebrities, so you know true. it would be nice to see them go that route. Um, that was what I was thinking about watching her in Jockey yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what Marvel movie would she be good? <laughs> oh no, you weren't thinking about the plot in Jockey. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't either, but okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, so that's the news for the week, and we are going to dive right into our rants and raves. How do you feel about that, Shawnee boy? Sounds good. I won't rant or rave about that decision. <laughs> <laughs> I've just made the decision to cancel this podcast. No, um, we. I'm going to dive into my rants first, and this is something that's been frustrating me. Um, and this is it's been boiling up for a while, but this. And I've said it, I think, in, in some, whether it's on here or in conversation with people or on other uh, uh, broadcasts or streams, but this idea of like of groupthink and how, you know, when we as a cinephile community, we all follow different people. We follow people that are reviewing the same movies that we are in many cases, especially when it comes to the new releases and the big ones that are coming out. So it's t- it's really weird when we go against the grain. Um, or when an, a, a, a critic goes against the grain. Um, and it is challenging, as said critic who recently did that, because the messages you get, and I know you've gotten these before too, when you've kind of gone against the grain with something, but it's all like, well, so-and-so didn't say this, and wow, that's really crazy, and how could you think that with blah, 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 from people that haven't even seen the damn movie. And that's what's really frustrating to me. And I'm... I, I will mention it real quick. I'm not going to talk about it in any detail, what movie it is, but it, uh, about the movie itself, but it's Eternals. Um, I happen to really, really enjoy it. It's not getting the best reviews from a lot of people, especially, you know, a lot of my friends that have seen it um, are kind of feeling on par with, I think, what a lot of national critics are. Um, but that should be okay, and that needs to be okay. Because how many times have you gone to see a movie that other people love that you didn't like or vice versa? That's why we are all doing what we're doing to be individuals on this. So just because a critic goes against the grain and, um, you know, likes something uh, that others don't or doesn't like something when others do, that's not a reason to get shitty with them or to cancel them or whatever you may want to call it. Uh, But that is uh, just another reason why it's great to have such a diverse group of opinions in the cinephile community. So um, just keep that in mind when you're reading reviews that you may not care for, uh, whether that's, you know, just the to, positive or negative reviews. Just to put it at a personal level here, when Joe has a review that is very different from mine, I'm excited. I'm not like <laughs> nervous about it. I'm not pissed off at Joe or anything like that. I get excited because I'm like, oh, cool. Like both of us, both of us got five out of fives for Dune. Really awesome. Yeah. We're going to just like, you know, jerk off Dune for like, you know, 20 minutes here. <laughs> Which Dune earned that right. But, like, like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about Eternals. I may love it. I may not like it. I don't know. 
but I know that like I'm almost like more excited not to like it. I'm not going to do that to him for that purpose, but I'm almost more excited not to like it because then we get to like have like this cool discussion back and forth as opposed to if I like it, which if I like it, that's cool as well. But we'll just both be like, oh, Eternals, come back next week when we do the same thing. Like, you know, but uh, <laughs> I and, and it's not just disagreeing for content, I mean, but I, I really right. like, you know, I love like when, you know, when like um like my brother-in-law says i hated this movie and my response like when i I loved the movie and he says i hated the movie my response is always oh fuck yeah like it's like almost a (laughs) reflex that i say that and i say it in front of the niece which is not good but like i'll like i'll just be like and then then we'll talk about it for a little bit neither of us will convince the other we're both gonna go back into our hidey holes okay but we just have some fun for a bit like that's that's the thing come on Sean, I've already written your review in my head, um, <laughs> minus the eloquence and the depth that you bring to your reviews. Um, but I, I, I know where you're going with. A few I, I hate when here. you do that. I hate when I you can't. do that because you're actually right. Sometimes I really. Hate I, when you do that. I will not say it before you see the movie before you post your review. But I like. I know. <laughs> I can. I could hear certain things. I was like wrestling in my. I was already having this debate with you in my head while I was putting my review together. <laughs> I hate this. I hate that. I was, I was so. You have no idea how stressed I was. And we've talked about this in the past. That like when you're writing reviews, and like I was aware of what some other people were thinking just based on conversation because it's tough to. You know, I don't want to ignore people when I get messages. Messages. And I feel like I do that to you all the time. I'm like, oh, Sean, like you just saw blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wait, let's not dive too deep. Sean didn't see it. And I don't want to take it. Yeah, if you don't see it, I don't, I often don't talk to you. <laughs> it's, it's, and I'm terrible with that because I, I do. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, it's, it's a matter of, um, I was very stressed and like, re- I realized that I was trying to conform without the intent to do so what I was thinking to what I saw other people reading it. And I was like, you know what? No. And I knew right off the bat, I was going to get a bunch of shit from those people that didn't care for Eternals or, you know, gave it a three or whatever it may be. I knew that I was going to get a bunch of shit for it. And I ultimately was like, but I enjoyed this movie. I run guy at the movies. This is my viewpoint and my opinion, and I'm going with it. And I'm very glad that I did because I stand by it. Um, as I do with most of my <laughs> Most of my reviews, ninety nine percent of my reviews, and <laughs> if I don't, I remember you walking back a little. <laughs> yeah. and if I like, don't, maybe I should have told you. <laughs> if I don't, I tell you. There's already been like two this year that I thought of, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I, it's just it's interesting because I think especially when you get some of these big ones, Marvel in Marvel, Star Wars, and some of the other fan fandoms are the biggest ones. I've seen Marvel. it with Dune too. Yeah, some people that like didn't care for Dune as much are getting like shit roasted online. Um, and it's, it's, you know, everyone's allowed to have their opinion. Yeah, indeed. Well, I'm going to do my rant very quickly. It won't be as long, uh, but I think my, I, I also not rant. I'm doing a rave. Um, but, uh, <laughs> my, my rave, um, very quickly, it won't be as long, but only because like, I think I always like end up just like making my raves about TV shows that I like, which, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I feel, uh, I feel bad about, but, I just, I, I forget, like, you know, I've watched a lot of TV, especially with the pandemic. I watched a ton of TV, but with the pandemic, I watched a lot. And in the past two years, I've watched this TV show, that TV show, limited series, like different seasons of series. And I'm just like, wow, there's some exceptional TV. And then Succession comes out again, season three of Succession. And my goodness, let the waters flow as we just realized that this show rules all of television i'm telling you this is like and i'm not doing any hot takes here these aren't hot takes these are whatever like a lot of people think i mean uh you know on its sunday night it was the 48th most watched show um on uh, cable so we know that it's definitely doing well i, I don't think people watch it at the right time um but <laughs> so, so i don't know the coasts are watching it they love it um but uh, Succession is like truly like this like marvelous show. It's just so simple in what it does and the back and forth between this family that is like just like wholly corrupted and wholly corruptible and you know how they like butt heads and are stabbing each other in the back. Um, just amazing performances from Jeremy Strong, Sarah Snook, um, Kieran Culkin, and then at the head of the table, Brian Cox and uh, you know also Alan Ruck in there. Um, it's it's truly something where then the secondary characters are just as great where they are you know silly. There's this like 
there's this dark comedy behind it of how can people treat each other like this and yet they still are always with each other it is a very much and i compared something else to or i did something else with veep but it is very much the dramatic version of veep where it's just like all of them are horrible to each other they're all sticking by each other they all stab each other in the back in all these different ways and it's it's Succession is like one of those that, you know, it has climbed the ladder every single season to just be better and better. And there's two two episodes out in the third season. And it's like finally like Sunday night HBO is back and it's just great to watch it. And that's my amazing rave of Succession. And it's already renewed for season four. <laughs> it was so funny when I saw that news because it was like that and like Dune part two. And <laughs> both of them were sort of these like, well, of course, but also thank God. <laughs> like, Warner Brothers like, was having a day. <laughs> yeah, they were enjoying themselves. I always get succession confused with billions with Damian Lewis. I don't know. Billions why. is lovely. <laughs> it, I, no, they're, they're, they, have, they do have a similarity in a way because it's just like rich people, weird lives, and they have that sort of like part to them. But, um, yeah, there's definitely something more special about Succession. I'm trying to think of what it is. It feels tighter in general. Like Billions kind of goes off into a million directions, which is cool and can be fun. But yeah. It's on my list after Ted Lasso. There we go. Perfect list. Well, we have quite the list of movies that are coming out this week, Sean. Um, Holy it's, a, crap. it's a dope list, if, you'll, if you will. Um, <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, I'm going to get like roasted for that. Sorry, I, I, didn't, um, I didn't hear that because I was looking at my stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a very simple individual. I don't really have the ability to multitask anymore. Um, so Antlers is hitting theaters this weekend. That is what I am jumping in the car to go see shortly as part of the Philadelphia Film Festival. Uh, Last Night in Soho hits theaters. The French Dispatch, Army of Thieves. Uh, are, wait, French Dispatch is out already, isn't it? Yeah, but it's the theater near me, Limited. so I put it on there. <laughs> yeah. That was, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> Army, I was like, wait, huh? Um, Army of Thieves, which I watched earlier. Um it's it's fun. It's fun. Okay, um, I'm, I'm, I'll probably be putting that on this weekend. <laughs> Paranormal Activity next of Kin, which I'm really excited for, but I'm worried about. <laughs> um, a mouthful of air hits the. Um, I should say that the Paranormal Activity next of Kin movie hits Paramount Plus. A mouthful of air hits theaters, and a Violet hits uh, limited theaters. Cool. So there's that, Sean. Um, what good. is first on your list to see this weekend? Ooh, um, so I was going to see Passing in theaters, but it's showing up to Netflix and I'm trying to save money. So I'm just going to kick that on at Netflix. So I think uh, tomorrow I'm going to see uh, the French Dispatch. And Ooh. then Friday will probably be Last Night in Soho, maybe, or maybe sometime uh-huh. in the weekend. But those are my those are my two. Have you scheduled your horror trip yet with uh, your buddy, John? <laughs> no. Oh, I should invite him. Yes, because I'll need him. Is it horror? You know it. Last night, and so I, not well. Yeah, you you might get a little. <laughs> I mean, I I saw the trailer that literally gives away the entire film, like the second trailer <laughs> that, like, I mean, I saw it, and I'm like, you guys are literally giving a summary of the film here. <laughs> um, Antlers is the one I was thinking about more though, because it's a little, you know, I don't even know if I want to see that at all, which sounds weird because I want to see everything, but I'm so uninterested. <laughs> there was a critic at the festival last night when I was waiting for jockey maybe it was um who was like you need to see antlers uh and was really raving about it so i'm, I'm excited i'm uh i've been looking forward to it uh carrie russell in it and it just well, seems like an interesting story so scott cooper has done some very scary movies like uh crazy heart and uh uh blackwater so <laughs> probably uh <laughs> like what is he doing directing this movie <laughs> listen life is scary you know i, <laughs> I Wait, guess crazy I heart start- Crazy heart, the scariest this. thing was alcoholism. But I gotta share this. I haven't written the review yet, but I saw the humans last night, which is adapted from a screenplay, uh, or I'm sorry, the stage play that won the Tony Award. Um, and it's very much up my alley when it comes to like family drama and just like it's not for everyone, put it that way. I loved it. Um, <laughs> but there, there's a funny part where the mother says something. So Stephen Yen is in it. Um, and he has a funny like tongue-in-cheek moment where he's talking about a show with zombies or something and the mom's like why do i have to watch a show with zombies humans are horrible enough to each other (laughs) i was like oh my god i love this woman that's actually a pretty odd point thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but amy schumer's incredible in that so uh but anyway (laughs) jenkins is getting oscar buzz for it but he he's i i can't go you need to see it yeah Um, yeah yeah it's divisive 
Ooh. in that it's not divisive in that it's not it's a play that was adapted to a, a movie that so always gets just, tricky for me yeah and it's not like a ton happens but i was just like engrossed yeah. <laughs> um, they make another really funny joke because i have to mention this of course um being outside of philly they make a joke like they're in new york for this and uh jenkins character is really like nervous about new york and his daughter living there and amy schumer's character the other daughter lives um in the Sierra Center in Philadelphia, which is right on 30th Street, which I thought was pretty funny. Um, but they say something about Philadelphia, and she's like, um, Beanie Feldstein's character is like, yeah, Philadelphia is horrible. Terrorists don't even want to go to Philadelphia. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. And, of Jesus. course, I'm seeing this in Philadelphia, and everyone just, like, burst out laughing. <laughs> They're like, um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really cool. But, um, Sean, we'll talk soon. Everyone else, see you next week. See ya. See you next week. I missed the See ya. See you next week. See ya. As always, thanks for listening. You can follow both Joe and Sean on Instagram at Guy at the Movies and Math Teacher Movies. New episodes of the Guy at the Movies podcast with Joe and Sean are available every Wednesday morning, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be on the lookout for special spoiler pods where we dive deep into the latest film releases. If you like what you hear, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. See you next time.